Sisters and brothers in Christ, grace and peace to you this day from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. So as we go through life, we gain identities or titles by who we are or maybe by what we do. In a basic understanding, we're children. Maybe a son or a daughter or a brother or sister. Eventually in life, we may gain other identities or titles like husband or wife, father or mother, grandma or grandpa, friend, and maybe sometimes enemy. Really all of these identities have to do with the relationships we have with one another in life. But sometimes we gain other identities, some good, maybe some not so good. I think most of you, I can say, are American. But maybe not all, maybe a couple of exceptions. Some I might be able to describe as Liberian, or Swedish or Norwegian, Hispanic. Some people go on to receive titles, such as doctor, or judge, or pastor. And still yet, we have descriptions that say something else altogether. Divorcee, widower, widower. Identities that speak to some hard times in life. Equally, cancer survivor or veteran. These also speak a very certain understanding. But you see, when we hear of some of these titles and identities, we have some expectations of who people are, or better yet, what they can do for us. You wouldn't necessarily go see a building custodian if you were having heart issues. You wouldn't expect a ballerina to fix the transmission in your car. Now, I'm not saying or trying to give commentary that there aren't dancers that know something about auto repair, but by title alone, there's a kind of known expectation of what certain people do. And so in today's gospel text, we hear Jesus ask two very pointed questions. First, who do people say that I am? Now, I think there's a little backstory here that's needed. You see, the, the disciples have been on a whirlwind ministry tour in Upper Israel, especially in the northern towns around the Sea of Galilee. But over the last couple weeks, they have certainly been in Gentile territory. And they have definitely been in the regions of pagan religions. In last week's text, Jesus and the disciples had taken a little side trip over to what would be current-day Lebanon, to the area of the Phoenicians, and now we hear they're at Caesarea Philippi, which is the center of worship for those that worshiped the god Pan, the Greek god of sexuality and fertility. In Jesus' ministry up to this point, the crowds had begun to follow him because of the miracles that he had been doing, just like the feeding of the 5,000 we heard a few chapters back. He had healed people, people that had suffered great physical ailments for their entire lives. He healed them, restored them, making life new to them. He exercised demons. So the crowds had been amazed by what they had seen and heard about this Jesus Christ. And they began to speculate that he's one of the great teachers of old or maybe one of the old prophets. Now when he asked the question, the people have said that he is John the Baptist or Elijah or one of the prophets or maybe even a new prophet now. But these answers show that the crowds had really failed to understand who Jesus is. 
because they focused on the wrong thing of what Jesus had been doing. They had not listened to him. They have not recognized his true identity. You see, our text for today is actually the turning point in the Gospel of Mark from knowing Jesus in the ministry that he has done to now hearing not only who he is, but why he has come, and he shifts his focus to the cross. Now, he even moves our own understanding in the next question. Who do you say that I am? To which we hear Peter's response, you are the Messiah. In other words, Jesus, my teacher, you are the Christ. You are the man. You see, in Peter's, in Peter's bold confession, this identity is known in Jesus that he's not one of the prophets of old, but he is the long-awaited anointed one that has been spoken of since the beginning of creation. But by his confession, Peter has also revealed a hope that was in all the people of Israel had been waiting for. He is the great king that would restore the Davidic line, driving out the oppressive rules and powers of the world like the Romans. He is the one that would overthrow the worldly powers, the one that would restore Israel to be the great nation above all nations. In fact, the Jews still wait for this today. But this was not what Jesus had come for. The disciples, too, had missed the point. Jesus goes on to not only take Peter's confession and likewise our misguided misunderstanding of who he is, and he turns it on its head, actually. So instead of my standing here today telling you about who Jesus is, I actually get to preach him to you. It's not enough for you to have knowledge of Jesus Christ or what title he's given, but Jesus tells the disciples and us today what will come to be, what we really need to hear. Now, Luther said, if you really want to know what the gospel is, turn to Mark chapter 8, verse 31. Jesus tells of his own death at the hands of those that should have known him, the chief priests, the elders, and the scribes. But because of their own identities and titles, they turn on him. They put him to death, but on the third day, he will rise again. It had to be this way so that all of creation would know Jesus Christ in the way that he wants, or better yet, needs to be known. Not as a miracle worker, not even as a teacher or a prophet. Jesus does not want you to know about him. He wants to give himself to you. In fact, he gives himself so fully it's as if you have consumed him, which you do in the Lord's Supper. Now, if you ever find yourself hearing a voice that says you are nothing, you're worthless, nobody cares about you, these are not Christ's words for you. You too get to invoke the same rebuke as Christ. Get behind me, Satan. You see, there is an identity that we must recognize in who we are, and that is sinner. We don't really like it. We don't like to admit it. We don't like to talk about it. This is exactly why Peter tries to rebuke Jesus. He cannot stand the accusation for himself or for Christ. Because what Jesus has told us is that 
he will take on the sin of the world. That is, he tells us in denying ourselves. That is, thinking that we have something more to do or that we can in some way earn God's favor, it actually leaves us nothing but the cross. Peter did not yet understand that. But we can. Taking up your cross does not mean going on some kind of spiritual quest or thinking you need to find God in some transcendent experience. For those of you that are baptized into Christ, just as we saw for little Henry this morning, God does the work. He gives you what is required. You must understand yourself a sinner or Christ can do nothing with you. But he does something amazing with it. He doesn't use it to beat you down. He dies for it. And then he grants you new life. Christ gives you new life in the promise of baptism, and that is that you are made one with him, a child of God. And you come to Jesus, a sinner, yes, dead in your sin, actually. And he takes it to the cross. And then he sends a preacher to say a simple word. You are forgiven. He gives you his own body and blood to eat and drink along with his promise so that you would know that forgiveness and salvation is actually for you. There is no doubt. And it is the work of the Holy Spirit that has brought you here now and given you ears to hear. So that if there is anything you can take away today, it's that Jesus has come to be your Savior. And your identity is now in Jesus Christ. And that can never be stripped away. Taking up your cross simply means trusting in what Christ has done for you. Knowing God's immense grace and love for you. Now you may go through life chasing titles but you will only finally be at peace and live into the identity Christ gives you when you trust in Christ alone. And Jesus takes this lesson one step further because, again, it is not enough to know about him, but he actually gives you these words to tell someone else. This is what it means to be brothers and sisters in Christ and part of the priesthood of all believers. Because you have been made one in Christ... You too are a preacher. How's that for an identity for you today? Now go now in the knowledge that it is faith alone that saves you. Tell others of the promises in Jesus Christ, but even more, give them Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen.